Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionised over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cosy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I won't let my body outweigh. Outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong. I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the new while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Did you and I outweigh? Welcome back to Outweigh. We've got Ali Bonner back on Outweigh. And it's just me today, me and Ali, of course. And I wanted to bring Ali back on because, as we know, she does such an amazing job sharing her journey through disordered eating on Instagram, which is really unique. But you also do a really amazing job of sharing how you do it while being in a relationship. So before we dive into that, I just want to say it's been so amazing to watch you publicly go from girl to woman over the last five years or so that I've known you and step into your power from business to food to honestly just the energy of confidence that you give off. It's It's really amazing. And it's been interesting to really watch from the beginning because you started sharing from your sticky place, from that place where most people tuck away their problems. So to see you here and watch the journey is is kind of like a little 
novel on your Instagram that people can kind of go through. (laughs) It is. Yeah. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It is. And there's sometimes, you know, when you look back and I'm like, I kind of cringe, but I'm so glad that it's all there because, you know, it really is. It's an evolution and it's been so interesting. You know, I've continued to share about food, obviously, because it's my passion. I love it. You know, it's what I do for a living, but at the same time, it's just from a different place. And it's, you know, as I mentioned in last episode, it's not from this place of fear, but rather it's just a celebration of eating and the joy of food and, you know, breaking bread with loved ones. And it's not, you know, this gluten-free, you know, dairy-free thing that I feel like I can only have because it's like clean and, you know, low calorie, and it's just a different energy around it. So that's awesome that you've sort of picked up on that because, you know, I feel like a completely different person and it's been a, a lot of evolution in a short amount of time. So I'm exhausted. No. <laughs> but also in a public way, when we hear Demi Lovato, for example, I know she's, you know, not to make a comparison yeah. <laughs> between myself or you or Demi Lovato, but it's like she talks about her past struggles and now she recounts stories that we never heard before. And even myself, you know, just the timing of Instagram came in a time in my life where a lot of it was already figured out. But when you have gone through it, the emotional processing, taking us along for the ride and now seeing you here, it's just incredible. I think it gives people hope. Is there anything that you would caution somebody from doing in terms of using Instagram to heal as somebody who did do it to heal? Were there any moments where showing up publicly wasn't the best thing for you? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever been asked that before. I mean, you know, you're in a really vulnerable, delicate place. Obviously, again, I can't speak for everyone, but I definitely was, you know, and sometimes things can really trigger you or set you off that, you know, maybe for someone that doesn't have issues with food, you know, wouldn't be affected. And I do get lots, not lots, but I've gotten a few messages from people saying, you know, Hey, this, this post that you shared really triggered me. And, you know, I know you've talked about this before and it's sort of an interesting topic, but it's, you know, really, I say this with love, but, you know, that's actually a great indicator that, you know, there's something there you need to work on. And, you know, if I were to hear that in a place where I felt very triggered, I would be, you know, very reactive and defensive. And, you know, and obviously it's nuanced. I never try to share anything that will intentionally trigger someone or, you know, irritate them or cause them harm. But if you're getting triggered by, you know, something that's sort of just me sharing my experience or, you know, it's a good, again, a good check engine light for you to say, okay, this is something that, you know, maybe I need to work on or I need to dig deeper with a therapist on um, because there were things for me during my healing journey where I was still following people that in hindsight were super disordered and I didn't see it at the time. So I would say, you know, the only caution that I would really give people is, you know, be really cognizant of who you're following and the content that you're consuming, because I felt like there was this gray area in my recovery where I was still, you know, a little disordered, but I was really trying hard to repair my relationship with food and, you know, follow accounts that were, you know, body neutral and body positive and, you know, talked about food freedom accounts like yours, you know? And so I was sort of getting fed two narratives and I was just feeling very overwhelmed and confused, you know, cause I'd be scrolling my feed and it would be, you know, someone talking about, 
counting, you know, their car, their net carbs and whatever. And then I would come across someone that's like, you know, eat all the carbs. And I was just like, what do I do? You know, and both women are, you know, looking vibrant and healthy and in love with their bodies. And I just didn't know where I fit in. And I didn't know which one was like my people, you know, because you're trying to kind of fit yourself into a, a tribe. So I would say it can be very overwhelming and confusing. And so I think a good tip that I wish I would have learned is, you know, taking time off social media during some of those moments. And I, you're really good, Lisa, about taking so, social media detoxes. I need to get <laughs> better at it. But sometimes, you know, my, your best evolution and your best growth happens offline. Actually, most of it, I'm sure. And although I am proud that there were moments where, you know, I remember doing a post after I, you know, really moments after I binged almost an entire jar of peanut butter and I took a selfie and I was in my kitchen and I was feeling so just, oh, so much so many, a mix of feelings because it was a few, you know, maybe like a year, nine months to a year into really my, you know, deep recovery journey. And I almost felt like, you know, I was past this. Like it was the first binge I had had in yeah about nine months to a year. And I was really stressed with the business and I had a lot going on. And I just, I mean, I snapped and I just binged and I don't know what overcame me, but I had this feeling to just take a selfie of myself and post it immediately to my feed with just like, really a brain dump of what I was feeling and thinking. And I've never received so many messages and, you know, I mean, sweet, just comments and, you know, people reaching out to me and just number one, you know, just resonating and feel have, you know, they've been there, but also just really acknowledging me for sharing in that moment, just so vulnerably, because it's so easy to look back as you were saying, and talk about things that happened in the past, you know, it's so much easier <laughs> and so much less, uh, less emotionally taxing, but at the same time, you know, I am proud of myself for doing that in the moment. But again, I think, yeah, if I were to give one tip, it would be, you know, don't try to do too much, like, cause it's hard. It's a lot to process, you know, and then also to do that publicly, it's e even harder. So I would have told myself just, you know, take a break when you need it and, um, you know, give yourself time to just process those feelings and what you're going through. And I think you bring up a few points here that I just want to highlight. One, that it's not linear. So you could go nine months without a binge and then you have a binge doesn't mean that you're back to square one. Number two is the time it takes. You know, we're talking about your recovery. Most people are probably thinking it's a snap of the finger, but you said nine months into your recovery, putting in that work. And then I think... Most of all, you've brought up in the last episode a few times that you were working with a professional or some sort of mental health or nutrition professional, which really highlights that Instagram wasn't your only way to heal. And I think that's important. And now that you're like a little bit farther along, I believe, I don't know if you'd say that, but like I said in the beginning, you have an energy to you that is confident in many different areas of your life. You're fulfilled in different ways, it seems. The one thing I would caution people from doing that I've seen is sharing vulnerably for validation. You're you're probably five or six years younger than me, so we have different relationships to our stories and social media, but even like five or six below you, like the college girls or women right out of college, they grew up with social media so forefront and with vulnerability 
as a trend, I worry about the validation. So sharing something like your peanut butter post, which happened to really land with a lot of people, there are going to be some days where you post something vulnerably and it's healing for you. But when you don't get the likes or the comments through the door, you know, are you like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have shared that because then the share wasn't for healing. Totally. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because it's so true. And I almost feel like I've trained myself expecting that. And it's been, you know, it's scary even now when I share something and I, I feel like now I'm kind of sharing more like business <laughs> entrepreneur stuff. I don't really get sweaty before I post, you know, cause I'm sharing something like really intense about my recovery. Like I used to, but I would get really nervous. And then it was almost like this calming effect of seeing the, the validation and the comments and the likes rolling in of people being like, Oh, I see you girl, you know, Oh, I've been there. And it was like, okay, whew, like I made the right decision sort of just mm. like confirming that, you know, again, that pat on the back of like, okay, what I did was the right move. You know, you're um, you know, other people have been there. You're not weird. Cause of course there's always that little, like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, am I going to be the only one who's done this? And people are gonna be like, well, that's weird, you know, which of course it isn't because again, like we've all struggled with stuff like this, but at the same time, yeah, I think you're so right. There is that that negative or dark side to, you know, vulnerability becoming a trend. But I would argue, you know, I, I don't mind it. Even if there's people out there that, you know, are doing it for the validation, I suppose, you know, I think it's just the net is so positive and helpful for people. Like if I was, you know, in high school or even starting college and I had the social media, I guess, community or network that I have today, I would have felt so much better about my body. Mm. And I will say the downside really is it's only on you, right? So if you're sharing something and you're being vulnerable for the sake of validation, you know, mm. it's really only harming, I guess you, but to other yes. people, they see that vulnerability and they're like, wow, you know, I didn't like, if I, especially if I see a celebrity, someone who in the public eye seems very, you know, like they have their shit together and they share something, you know, even if I read that now, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, it's like stars are just like us. Like it kind of makes me feel better in a weird way. So yeah, I see both sides, but I think overall, I think it could be a positive thing too for younger women. I love that. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums, but I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. 
And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Eric is your boyfriend, your co-founder, your roommate. <laughs> slam daddy. <laughs> your slam daddy, really everything. And he has been by your side through this journey. The other day you posted something that was not something I actually have ever experienced, but it made me really think. And you shared that you learned that your significant other, Eric, was only seven pounds heavier than you were. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that story and what it did for you and how you handled it. Yeah, yeah. So this was, I would say there's moments in your recovery that kind of shake you to your core <laughs> and challenge everything that, you know, you have worked hard <laughs> towards. This was definitely one of those times. The other one was when COVID was happening and I felt like the world was crumbling around me and <laughs> I started grasping for control on food, but that's a, a story for another day. But yes, this happened. So, you know, I started working with a personal trainer recently because, you know, working in the kitchen, contrary to what 
a lot of people probably assume it's not just rainbows and daisies and making fun granola all day. It's a lot of heavy lifting and oats and flax and, you know, heavy bags. And luckily now, you know, we've built our team, so I don't have to do that anymore. But at the beginning, when we first moved to Philly, you know, February, March, it was a lot and I was exhausted and, you know, I felt really weak and I'm, you know, I was the only woman in there. I really wanted to like pull my weight, so to speak. So I was like, you know, I'm going to hire a personal trainer, see her a couple days a week, see how it goes, see if I can get, you know, build some biceps on these SpongeBob arms. And so the first appointment with her, you know, she sort of takes your beginning measurements, which at first, you know, I kind of was like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this, right? Like it could be triggering for me, but I was like, you know, I just met her, didn't really want to, you know, rock the boat. And so I'm like, okay, fine. And then I was like, again, shouldn't look at the number, shouldn't look at the number, but I really have gotten to a place where, and I've talked about this before, you know, scale neutrality. And again, this is, I feel like sort of a hot topic where not everyone, you know, can agree on this, but I really, you know, I got to this place in my recovery where I was like, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm chained or, you know, like the scale owns me. Like I want to get to this place where I can read the number and feel emotionally neutral, right? Like I want to get to this place where it doesn't ruin my entire day. Sort of like if someone has a fear of spiders, you know, and it's like exposure therapy. So there was a point in my recovery, you know, where I was weighing myself and it helped a lot, you know, contrary to, to what a lot of people believe it did help me a lot because I was like, wow, you know, I saw the number fluctuated up and down depending on my cycle, depending on how much water I drank. And it became less and less significant. It didn't become this big, scary number. And it finally became, you know, like it was just my height. It was just, you know, my shoe size, something about me. And I know that it's probably, you know, not for everyone and it depends where you are in your recovery. But then, you know, a lot of time passed where I just became indifferent to weighing myself because it didn't make a difference, you know, my worth or who I am. And I just kind of forgot about it, honestly, that I had a scale. So long story short, you know, the trainer weighs me and Eric mentioned something when we got home and I'm not going to, you know, obviously say numbers for anyone, but he was like, Oh, wow. You know, I've lost weight recently. You know, I weigh X. And then I was like, (laughs) I'm like, wait, say that. Did you just say a typo? Like, (laughs) come again. And it was only seven pounds more than me. And to give you guys context, Eric is probably six, two, six, I don't know, six, two or six, three, he kind of slouches. So, and I'm like five, four. So, you know, a pretty big height difference. And he's always been very like long and lanky, you know? And so it was not, not really a surprise, but I guess just hearing that number, it just really rocked me. And so I decided to talk about it because I recently had someone on my podcast, Kayla Nielsen, who, you know, she's lesbian, she's dating or actually just engaged to a woman. And that's really common. She was telling me in the LGBT community where, you know, comparing your body to your partner's body, because it's two women, right? It's like comparing, you know, when you have two sisters or twins and it's very common. And that was something I had never thought of as a straight woman. So that was really interesting. It started getting me thinking about it, but then also just this, you know, notion and sort of this, you know, societal norm of having your partner, your, you know, your husband, your male slam daddy be much bigger and stronger and, you know, way more than you. And as the woman, you're supposed to be small and petite and, you know, palatable. And it just, yeah, it just really got me thinking. And so I want to talk about it and, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. It still was something that affected me. And again, it was one of those moments that, 
it rocked me. And I was kind of like, God, it just, it, it made me check myself. And it really made me, I mean, immediately I had those thoughts of like, wow, you know, I really let myself go, you know, I need to start cleaning up my diet. Like all of those old thoughts patterns were just sort of, you know, reemerging. And luckily because of the years of, you know, just self-work and working with professionals, I, you know, have the opportunity to really hear those thoughts and just hear them for what they are their thoughts. They're not the truth. And then I was able to separate myself from them and be like, okay, I can choose to follow these thoughts, but I know where it's going to lead me. It's going to lead me into a downward spiral. It's going to lead me into disordered patterns and just a place where I've been before. And I don't want to go back to, so I'm going to choose to follow other thoughts, you know, thoughts where my weight doesn't determine my worth. I am lovable. Exactly how I am. Who says that, that Eric, you know, it's not okay. If Eric weighs the same as me, or if I weigh more than Eric. Um, and when I talked about it, I had a lot of women commenting that were like, wow, you know, thank you. Like I actually weigh more than my husband or my partner. And I felt very shameful about it for a really long time. So yeah, that's kind of just, I mean, what I want to say about that, but it was just, yeah, something that was on my mind and something that I guess I didn't really realize was still, you know, some stuff that was coming up for me. I just think it was so, so interesting and working with people over the years, there's always this comparison with the partner thing that comes up, whether the partner eats more or eats less, you know, that's a big one too. Have, has that come up for you? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, so yes, like historically it's always been something that I've had to work on. I mean, for example, the first trip that Eric and I went on together, when we first started dating, we went to Paris city of food and, you know, I eat every few hours, honestly. And he's the type of guy that, you know, talk about people who forget to eat, like even we're at the office now and he's like, Oh, it's four 45, you know, haven't had lunch yet. And I'm like, really, I'm like about, I'm ready for dinner. <laughs> I've already had multiple meals, but we were on our first, you know, vacation together. And I remember just feeling so faint because I would, I felt so insecure about how much more frequently I was eating than him. Cause we had just started dating, you know, we weren't comfortable with each other yet. And so I was like, and he just, you know, kept on chugging along, didn't say anything about wanting to get food, which just goes to show again, just my fear of eating in front of other people and just being afraid to, to share my needs, my inherent, like human needs, you know, it's like saying that you're afraid to go to the bathroom. Like I was afraid to be like, Hey, you know, you don't want to grab something to eat. I'm getting a little hungry. Like that would have been terrifying for me. So rather I just discarded my, you know, primal instincts and my, my hunger signals. And I just tried to chug on through like him and we're, you know, in Paris, you're walking all over the place. We were sightseeing and burnt, you know, expending a lot of energy. And then, you know, I just got really itchy, bitchy and twitchy, like I say, and I snapped at him for something. And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm just so hungry. Like, you know, and of course it was like shit hit the fan because I didn't say anything. And I was like, I can't believe you're not hungry. Like it's been, you know, we've been walking around for eight hours. Like, how are you not hungry? He's like, I don't know. Like, sorry, I don't know. I'm just not hungry yet. And he was like, do we want to go get something to eat? And I was like, yes, like, I'm so hungry. He was like, okay, why don't you say anything? And so it just was, it's so comical now, but at the time it really was a huge thing. And even since then, you know, and I've gotten to this place now where it doesn't face me at all, Lisa. And I'm so, I'm proud of myself for getting to that point because I think, you know, for someone who's in a disordered place, it's difficult. A relationship is difficult in any, you know, any way that you, you put it. Sometimes some people have partners who are eating much more than them and that's challenging. But for me, it was the opposite. And so I felt like, 
you know, I was trying to, you know, relax around food and eat more, but here my partner was, you know, not eating. And I felt like it was this, you know, he was like waving it in front of my face. So yeah. So it's been, you know, it's been a learning journey for sure. But I think the biggest thing, and Eric is so logical. He was like, you know, I told him about this and I was like, I finally got to the point we've been dating for almost eight years. And this was only like a year or two ago. And I told him, I was like, this really affects me. Like that you go all day without eating. I feel really insecure about it. Like I'm the woman I'm supposed to be dainty. You know, what the hell is up? Like, why are you the one who's not eating? And he was just so, he's so logical. He's a bioengineer, you know, just classic engineer brain. And he was like, Ali, why does what I eat affect how you feel or why does what I eat affect what you eat? Like we're two different people just so simply, you know, and I'm like wrapped up in my emotion and the story around it. And I was like, God, you're so right. But yeah, so it's been a journey. I think, you know, I'm a much better place now, but it is a process and it's, so if you're out there and that's you right now, like you're not alone. And I think just as much as you can separating and just, you know, listening to the Eric voice in your mind and be like, what my partner eats has nothing to do with, you know, we're two different people. We have different needs, all that good stuff. I love that. And I think that's great advice. And I love how he really just functions as a mirror for you. You know, like you threw it at him and he untangled it for you and was like, this, my eating is not actually a problem. That is your right. problem, you know, but it, it was kind of helpful because it helped you check yourself rather than, you know, him contribute in any negative way, which sometimes partners don't know how to react or they try to respond in a way that's helpful, but it could actually be worse to try and help you. But he just straight up was like, this is my body. I got this, your body, you got this and kind of created autonomy between the two again. So that's, that's amazing. Totally. Well, we loved having you on Outway for two episodes. If you missed the first episode, we talked all about Allie's eating, her binge eating, eating from the trash, some of those more shameful moments that she's happy to share because she knows that it'll help other people. And thanks for shining your light on the world, whether it's talking about your journey or creating delicious granola butter. We're just so lucky to have you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I was, this was awesome. And um, I hope it helps at least one person. <laughs> it will for sure. Thanks, everyone. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford 
a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.